and welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Vangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how unlocking ancestral wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. Welcome, welcome. Hi, Fabi. So if you've just joined the show, my name is Vangile Makwakwa and I am the founder of Wealthy Money. I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income and live their best lives. And this is episode 29 of the Money Magic podcast. We started as the Money Magic series and it's now an actual podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, um, we're, we're on Amazon as well, and a Spotify, and of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, great. Subscribe to any of those platforms. If you're watching on iTunes, please listen to this podcast and then leave us a review and a five-star rating. We'd greatly appreciate it. My guest for today is Pavi. Hi, Pavi. Hey, man. It's so wonderful to be on your show. I've been looking forward to it. (laughs) I've been looking forward to having you on the show. Wow. Because, whoa. So, Sunny, you started the course uh, last year in 2020. And now you're in uh, the next level you mastermind, which is only available to uh well to uh money magic students it's so crazy like i've seen your journey go from like oh should i spend this much on a course to (laughs) yeah like now i'm gonna spend about ten thousand nine a month on a mastermind (laughs) like if you're in the u.s that's like 750 us dollars yeah (laughs) it's like so beautiful to observe so before we even launch into your journey Tell us, who are you? What do you do? Brag on us. Practice bragging. (laughs) (laughs) So my full name is Baba Law. Some people call me Fabi. 
which is fine. I'm a single man. I'm a best-selling author. Hello. I am also a <laughs> I am also a property investor. I'm a content marketer. I'm gonna be launching my podcast soon. So yeah, I do a lot of different things that excite me. Yeah. Mm, this is so exciting. I love, love it. Hey. Um wow, so where do we start? Okay. What, let's start with the usual question. I don't want to say, should I say usual okay. question, but my favorite question. What does money mean to you? How would you describe money to an alien? <laughs> oh my gosh. I would be like, first of all, alien. <laughs> no, really. I think money is energy, right? And just looking at my own patterns, I associated money with the things that I went through, right? So it, it's actually, I think money is neutral, never did anything terrible to me. It's not an evil thing. It's a wonderful thing, if anything. And it's, it's opened up my life. It's, it's enabled me to do more, achieve more, enjoy myself. It's the form of security, but more than anything, it's, it's like wonderful because it helps me to like have more pleasures in my life like I collect Legos I like to do like a lot of fun creative things I like to buy property I like I like nice things so money money is actually a wonderful thing but this is not how I felt about it a year ago just by the way so yeah <laughs> well a lot can change in a year when you're in the money yeah, magic world you don't think it, right? But then, like, I think a lot of people don't realize how much we change just from being around people, certain people in the course, and just, you know, yep. just doing the work. Yeah, I agree with you, eh? Yeah, my life has really transformed, I have to say. Yeah. I love it. So when did you, let's go back pre the course, right? Okay, when did cool. you start suspecting that you had some issues with money? You know, that there was more to your money story than just budgeting and spending as little as possible. When did it start to click to you? What was happening? So for me, before I joined Wealthy Money, I didn't, I mean, I thought, you know, I have normal everyday issues like other people, right? And then it just happened last year, like in, in June, my ancestors were like, you have to join this course, you have to do it. And I was like, for what, right? So it was only when I started like doing wealthy money where I was like, actually this behavior does not make sense, eh? Like I would, yeah, like I would hold on to money, it would be hard to spend on things sometimes. Like I would just like go into panic mode every time money was leaving my account. It was just like a mess. It didn't make sense. So like every time I think back, I'm just like, oh no, the life I was living, no ways. So I I'm glad I decided to like, you know, prioritize healing and, you know, do the, the your wealthy cause. And I'm definitely in a much better space right now. So I didn't know until I was in there. And I think if my ancestors hadn't said, you have to do this cause, uh, I wasn't going to do it. I was just going to like your post on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> and Twitter. Yeah, and <laughs> of the many actually come to the cause, not because they want to. It's almost like it doesn't matter what I put out there. Like people are like, 
yeah, whatever. <laughs> We're not really for this. And then people will be like, yeah, I was asleep in the middle of the night. And my ancestors were like, why are you not signing up for this course? I'm like, what is going on in this virtual realm? <laughs> so I'm so used to the story where people are like, yeah, like people just would not let me do <laughs> a peaceful night without signing up for the yeah, that happens a lot. So a lot of people. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I'm, I'm always just like, my yeah. ancestors are doing more of the work on that side for me. <laughs> Probably meeting all of y'all's ancestors. I'm so glad. What's going on? <laughs> exactly. You know, so I probably would have been stuck in the same position if I hadn't actually listened because I was, they were like, this course is starting in June, girl, you're joining. And I was like, so much money. And they were like, uh, who said you must worry about money? You're joining this course. And I was just like having this back and forth. Cause I was just like, uh, but I did wealthy money and you know, I'm still in a wealthy money. I mean, it's a lifetime course. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. Maybe not fine, fine, but I'm getting there. It's like, so if, if it wasn't for my ancestors just saying, you need to do this, I wasn't, no, nah, wasn't going to happen. So yeah. I, I understand. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I think I, I actually just talked to you guys, ancestors, not to people on social media. It's like most people are That's a great up. way to start. Since. <laughs> on social media, but it's actually your ancestors that are like dragging you all there and like going, yeah. This is I mean, yeah. Your ancestors are your parents, so sometimes with children, you must talk to the parents first and say, you know, I think there's this wonderful course that your child needs to come and attend. This is what will happen. <laughs> and ancestors, as loving parents, will be like, yeah, man, yeah, she, she has this problem. She's not aware, but we've seen her. So, yeah, was, yeah she's wow. signing up. You'll see her on Monday yeah. in class. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's why I attract so many Sangomas because at first I was like, wow, like people will come through, someone will be like, oh, I'm an architect and then they'll get in the course and they'll be like, oh, by the way, I actually twasted and I'm a Sangoma and now I'm doing work with people. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this is actually what is going on. I find this entire experience so fascinating because... Yeah. Uh, some Sangomas have met me and even not just Sangomas, but, uh, Brazilian shamans have met me as well. So this has happened a lot with Brazilian shamans where they're like, what are you, a shaman, a curandera? What's going on? Like, <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't think I'm anything right now. Like, you know, <laughs> I just have the ability to call on ancestors and talk to them on your behalf because you all don't listen. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> Oh, I do too, actually. Yeah. So I'm very, very interested. Um, what do you wish you had known before starting your money journey? Now that you look back and you thought you were fine, <laughs> what do you think you had known? What do you wish you had known? Yeah. Somebody had told you. Yeah. So, you know, previously I looked at money in a very logical way. Um, I didn't think that we should ask associate any emotions to money. I mean, I have an accounting undergrad, so I would think of the stuff that we learned in university, but actually money and your emotions and the stuff you went through, it all comes together. 
and, and that's what it is. And my reactions to money were largely because of what I went through in my entire life, especially in my childhood, like the stuff that I saw, like parents arguing over money, certain um, relatives not feeling safe because now they're making more money and they're like, you know, the aunt or the uncle with the most money and now everyone has beef with them and they're looking at them snacks, you know. So I was like taking in all those things and that was adding to my money story. So I think if I had known before that, you know, money, emotions, trauma, all those experiences, they come together and that's the story you have now. If I had known that, I would have prioritized healing that because it really would have put me in a better position because I was just, you know, that does everything when it comes to money. Not because, <laughs> not because I, I about the tatazeling. Don't you think I that like, we all think it's a normal that tatazeling around? Yeah, money. we think it's normal. It's not I'm from other countries listening to this podcast. <laughs> so tatazeling is kind of like the South African word for like acting like a confusion, right? Like when you're like all confused and nervous and unsure. That's like, it kind of encapsulates all those emotions yeah. in one word, right? So yeah. Yeah, we think that that is so normal, right? Yeah, that is normal. How? And I was around people who behaved like that. So it was a normal thing. And I hardly ever heard like good things about money. So that was like, that was life. That was like a normal everyday thing, you know, like you, you must tatazela. I mean, what do you mean you're not tatazeling? That's how life and is. Not just so, <laughs> also like you must work hard for it, right? Like to mm, yeah. your business, you must work super, super hard. Girl, <laughs> I mean, I was like burnt out at different times in my life because I was pulling crazy. I was not sleeping enough, not doing this no oh my gosh it was a lot hey I don't think anyone needs to live like that in order to make more money nah no it's a lie forget it so no, I was just like no. No. and it actually and, and also like you're working so hard oh sorry. yeah so I was saying like you're working so hard you are like sleep deprived when do you actually enjoy your money I was about to say that yes like yes. what the hell that's the thing people think that um, if you're going to make more money and especially be an entrepreneur, start your business, do your own stuff, you have to choose between sleep, rest, yeah. and pleasure, and growing this business and increasing your income, right? Yeah. It's, it's posed as this choice and it's almost not even a choice because it's like, oh my God, what are my options? You know? Yeah. So, so I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um, yeah. What was my what was my next <laughs> okay, oh, um, my next point after that was also to just say oh uh, one of the things that we were just talking about was how you were learning about business strat like how now we you're in the mastermind and we're talking about strategy which actually blows my mind because I don't know how many live videos I do in the money magic course talking about crafting a strategy all that but I think people don't get it because the word business strategy is so vast and now that you're in the mastermind what are you realizing about business strategy and understanding how to scale a business so that it starts to make an income with ease yeah so the thing for me that I'm realizing is that 
I think I would compartmentalize. Oh, I don't this word. So I would put my life in compartments. Maybe I'll even try to say this word because it's dribbling me, right? Yeah. But also, I'm this spiritual person who feels her way through. Um, life as I go through it you know I don't I mean before I became a Sangoma I was like hardcore logic that's how life was but like you know initiation school is transformative you know I go through life using my five senses right so but I realized that even with business I wanted to go back to doing things according to like business books and they tell you you must have this strategy and some strategies are crazy it's like you must jump through hoops find a hippo find a fire eater and do this and do that and in order to make this amount of money every month it's just like crazy yeah. right but then in the in the mastermind you know when we were talking and you made the suggestions that you made for my strategy i was just like is that all <laughs> Because I'm so used to like all these crazy ways of doing things. And that's just like, it's so simple, you know? And also, I mean, pre-wealthy um, money, I did not know what ease was, right? Yeah. I wanted life to be hard. And also I was just so attached to these ideas of being a strong Black woman. But when I look at what I thought a strong Black woman was, you know, the, the ideas I had are actually quite toxic. That's why I was exhausted, you know. So I was just attached to those things. I didn't want ease. I would like want everything to be hard. I wanted that whole thing of like jumping through hoops. I must behave like I'm on Survivor. And I'm like, girl. Oh. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I think that we want ease, but we don't want ease. Like, I think yeah. we want ease, but we think, but there's this fear that like, if I let it be easy, like when I shared the business strategy with you, I was like, oh no, you can definitely get to a hundred to like even 200,000 around a month or even like 15 or $20,000 a month in your business by just employing two strategies. That's simple. And they, and they not going to break the bank for you. And they also not going to kill you, you know, they're not yeah. going to require massive amounts of resources, but they really simple strategies. And I could say, okay, I've utilized these strategies and this is how I use them. And these are the results. I think yeah. just knowing that, that it doesn't have to be crazy. And I know that coming from that background, because I've shared how like every once in a while, even at the beginning of this year, I was caught up, like I let go of my own strategies because they felt too simple, right? Even though my entire business strategy has scaled my business to so, to so many different heights that I could not have imagined with yeah. such ease, right? But I thought... No, these other people know best because they're presenting Excel spreadsheets to me. They've got fancy yeah. calculators. And then I got and you think they're no brainer. Right. And then I got caught yeah. up in that. And what happened was because it was so complicated for me to understand, there was so much self-doubt, so much angst, yeah. and just so much also trying to make logical sense of something that my brain and my soul was rejecting. So a lot of times it was like, I was forcing my soul to take on the yes. strategy. My soul was like, can oh I take it with ease? And just simple, you know? 
And then realizing, and the irony of there is after I did that and paid so much money to do that, I made less money in my business than when I was doing my own simple strategies and sleeping and resting. And that for me is what still annoys me till now. I was like, I basically made a lesson to learn how to trust myself for the millionth time. You know, yeah. pay the lesson to remember to heal my not good enough wounds. Because after that, I went back into the Money Magic course. I mean, I've shared this with you guys in the Money Magic yeah. course. I went right back and I was like, I'm back in the Money Magic course and doing the work and healing all these other wounds that still have me believing that the easy way is the, it won't take you. Easy come, easy go. It means that a business strategy needs to be the most complex thing. And yeah. like, I think the hardest thing sometimes is that for students in the Money Magic course is that like, I'll come through and I'll be like, this is how you craft your business strategy. This is how I would craft my business strategy and go within and listen to your yeah. intuition, but still using some of these models. And then it just feels like, but that's like two or three things for me to do. And then like you're saying, this the strategy will be exactly. what works for me and maybe some tried and tested thing, but like it has to also come from within me. And it's like so hard to trust that. And I get it. <laughs> yeah. I was actually going for strategies that were the opposite of what my soul wanted. So I'm sure my soul was just like, what the fuck? And I'm like, no, we're just gonna do this. My soul is like screaming, no! And I'm like, we're doing this. (laughs) Because the soul says no. So this is one of the things that I've learned over time is that sometimes, not all the time, right? Procrastination, like many things, can have many different reasons why we procrastinate. One of the things that I realize, one of the reasons why I sometimes realize I procrastinate on implementing strategies and all that, especially these complex things, is that it's really so out of alignment with my soul that my soul is just blocking all types of action, you know? So then what I do is I constantly override my soul when I'm in that situation, right? And then I wonder why after I've implemented the strategy, I can't even get out of bed. I'm so exhausted. All I can do is just like open up my eyes because all I've done is use willpower for months and months to override everything within yeah. my spirit and my soul. It's just been willpower, willpower. This is where yeah. I think the difference between this is where ease comes in is that even if something is a lot of work, it's so exciting. It doesn't, you're not using willpower to override your soul so it's not taking all your energy right it's like all my energy is just being used to work right versus work and override my soul because i think that is the issue is that a lot of burnout and all these issues come from the constant fact that like we are constantly having to switch off and override the soul override the soul override oh my god yeah yeah so wow. Yep. So how do you get again to live like that? It is, right? So yeah. um how is that, how do you see the shifts in your relationships? Like 
personal relationships when it comes to money and even with clients now that you've been doing the work as you've done the inner work what have you noticed the shifts are how do you relate to people when it comes to money because I think that's one of the biggest issues right it's like I'm going to do this I hear it all the time I'm going to do all this inner work but then the people around me won't do the work so how do I get them to do the work and nobody ever trusts me when I'm like you don't have to get people to do a darn thing because like their souls don't be the person that keeps overriding someone else's soul message right so like yeah your soul is saying they don't want to do the work you how about you do your work so what shifts yeah. have you noticed the shifts i've had um so i think before i would take on a lot of work um for my writing but it wouldn't pay me what I wanted it to pay me, right? Mm. Which is strange. So I've had to have like increased my pricing. And even when someone is like, ah, oh, I'm like, thank you, bye. And I move on with my life. <laughs> and also, yeah, I talk more about um, how much things cost, what I'm paying for this and that. And it's actually opened up my world you know to actually knowing how much things actually cost how much people are charging for whatever it is that they're doing mm -hmm. and it's also helped me respect what other entrepreneurs are charging right before I was just terrified of prices right I mean I told you about that concierge thing uh, program <laughs> that, that I was put on and then the trial ended yeah. and then I was scared to call the, the company to find out how much are they going to charge me now because I was still sending the concierges um a list of things to do for me right mm -hmm. I call them I am that zelling and I'm just like oh my gosh how much are they going to charge me this guy is like 29 rand a month like, I still cannot <laughs> I still cannot <laughs> Yeah, like it's, it's really little, but like imagine being so worried about how much you're going to pay for something only to find that it's like so little. It's like nothing. So guys, 29 so really are, I'm still continuing with the continuation. Exactly. It's a crazy amount for the amount of work they do for me. I mean, I use their services so tell people mainly what for... what they do for you. So Pavi now also has a concierge on everything, <laughs> on top of everything else. I'm hopping on board with that, by the way, guys. So yeah. You yeah so i use them mostly for um personal shopping like if i'm if i need to buy something i'll ask them to find it for me and then when they find it i send them money and then they coordinate the whole delivery what 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 and i don't have to like look at tracking like where's my thing when is it coming whatever i hate that kind of stuff it just bores me so they sort that out which is wonderful because there was a mirror i wanted and it was unavailable online so I was like okay please find out where this mirror is available and just like order it for me and whatever so it's very nice like I get to spend less energy trying to find things you know um they're also great with um in-home entertainment I mean we're still in lockdown it's not like you can go to the theater or watch movies so they tell me what I can do at home like they'll send a list of what words like um if you want to watch the ballet um, we recommend this for you, uh, go on this website, we'll register for you, you just need to pay the fee, and then I just watch from home mm. on my TV screen, it's nice, it's actually quite wonderful, and 
fun dining experiences. Like I ordered um, a meal this week, but also like I was so confused by how much I was charged for that fine dining three course meal thing. Cause I was like, why, like, what is the profit markup for this restaurant? Why are they charging so little? But anyway, I was so confused. So yeah, those are just the kinds of things they do for me. Like I wanted to do a course and I was like, please let me know when applications close. Or so they, they do a lot of admin stuff for me and it's really wonderful. Cause I mean, before I used to love to do everything myself because I am a strong black woman. I do everything myself. I cook, I bake, I clean, I do this, I do that. Is so overrated what the fuck so anyway yeah so those are that's another shift um i also i told you i got to a point where i was like i actually hate cooking you i was thinking of my inner inner teen and i was like girl you know your relationship with cooking has never been wonderful you've never enjoyed it but you know as per usual i overrode what my soul wanted and i just forced myself to be this machine that does everything oh gosh whatever and also the wonderful thing about having a chef is I have like so much time to do the things I want to do, you know? I have a nine to five, I knock off, I can like sit in bed if I want to. I don't, I don't have to like think of you, oh, what am I gonna eat tonight? What is for lunch tomorrow? Blah, blah, blah. Now I must like go to- your meals have been planned for you and it's good, you know? Like, exactly. you can, oh, what do I want in this fridge and just, that for me is the best thing about having chef, to be honest. It's like, by the it way, is. guys, again, I have the same chef. Like I put her onto yes. my chef. I was like, girl, this is amazing. Stop. This is amazing. Stop. Yeah. You're doing change your life and introduce ease. <laughs> yeah. And my gosh, this whole thing of ease, it's just wonderful. I just don't understand why I was living the life I was living. I mean the whole thing of cooking daily, because that's what I was doing. It, inclu it includes like having to clean up the kitchen, loading the dishwasher, washing the pots, wiping the kitchen floor because, well, you probably spilled something. Well, I spilled stuff, you know, oh gosh, admin, 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 admin. Now I can do things I actually like. I can read, vegetables um, if, you're, if you're a vegan. Like peeling vegetables because you want to eat organic, right? And now Zeus does organic. He does the vegetable peeling, everything. But you're peeling your own yeah. vegetables. You're chopping. That is so time consuming. So by the time you're done cooking, you spend like two hours Dude. doing everything. Then you're eating. Then after eating, you're washing dishes, all these things. It's just literally four hours just on dinner. And then on lunch, yeah. because too lazy to cook it you're eating some random thing here and there and that's order. me well it used to be me whereas if you yeah. have a chef you just order everything in one go for like three days he comes he delivers he comes back he delivers again for three days your life is just easy you know and it's, it's like you've got food galore you don't have to think about it yeah and also i think when you say why were you live, living this way i think also is because we've been brought up to believe that when we start spending on these things right um then we'll run out of money 
And it's probably true if we're holding on to those deep traumas, right? Because I don't want people to listen to this podcast and go, oh, I'm going to now ignore my entire budget and then just like do whatever all the Money Magic students have been saying in this podcast, because there's so much work that we do around the nervous system so that by the time you're spending that money and you're getting your shift, you're so calm that it's not causing so many deep triggers that are actually going to cause you to now overspend and go into full on survival mode because you're now spending on a shift and your nervous system starts to react haywire in a haywire fashion because that does happen so this is why we do the work and then you realize that actually in a way it's so much cheaper like I find it cheaper you know not only cheaper but energy time Money, energy, time. Exactly. That is also money, right? That's what we're not understanding your time and your energy. It's also money because what are you now doing with your free time instead of cooking, chopping, sewing things, all that, you know, like now you can have time to grow your business, to go into self-care, to do the inner work, which also helps with your business. So these things are all interconnected. I always say to people, I do the inner work so that I can get my money right. And because I've got my money right, I can hire chefs, I can go to massages, I can do all the stuff. And because I'm doing all the stuff, I'm more rested. And because I'm more rested, I have more clarity, I can do more in my business, right? And that leads to greater business productivity and me showing up in a particular manner in my business. But yeah, when we still have those deep core wounds around being the strong black woman, and we don't see it and the thing the truth is that most people it's really really hard for them to believe that because what we've been taught is spending money will lead you to being broke right yeah true so and and it's such a deeply embedded fear I find so how have you seen your income change you don't have to tell us the exact figures but have you seen a shift in your income and your savings um, if you had debt, have you seen a shift in that as you've been doing all this, as you've been doing the inner work and moving more into the space of ease? Yeah. So debt wise, my debt has definitely reduced considerably. And it's such a weird thing for me because I mean, lockdown started in March last year. I lost some income from the other things that I was doing. I had mental health issues, so I couldn't do more. (laughs) So I actually made less money, but I was able to do more stuff, right? I wasn't panicking. Everything I needed, I got it. I was still able to pay for my bills. I was still able to do nice things for myself. So it's like, it's like it wasn't really about the money right my life expanded right it became bigger I think also even with me um I I was able to like dream bigger and and I achieved a lot more stuff things became less scary for me so that was like one of the big shifts for me and the thing with rest oh my gosh I am a girl who loves her to-do list. I love to take things off. And I have a friend who would just say, like, you're always working all the time. And I get so mad. But actually, I was working all the time. And like, is it, do you have to work all the time? No, it's not like I was doing 
stuff like saving people's lives. No, no one was dying. So what was the point to that? I could have just outsourced to other people. I mean, I'm learning to outsource now. I have like other people doing stuff for me, like your concierges. So rest, reduction in debt, because like also with the debt thing, I was like, yo, how long is it going to take me to like pay off this thing? But like it, it literally happened very fast. And also looking at transformations that happen when I go on holiday, it's like things become even clearer. I'm able to achieve more, which just reminds me of the thing about rest. You know, I rest, I chill out, and I'm strangely able to do more. Initially, I would feel so bad because I'm used to, I was used to working all the time. And I believe that the more you work, the more stuff you achieve and you move ahead. But when I started, you know, getting into rest mode and understanding that, you know, I must live this ease life, I would feel bad. I'd be so guilty. I remember this one time I was sitting in bed and I was putting together my, I was like building yet another Lego set. And I was like, yo, like I'm sitting here, Lego. like when do I actually do stuff? Like I was so worried. I was just like, Girl, when are you going to make money? Together, right? Like, exactly. Yeah, like it doesn't. Like, whenever Pavi's uh, post in the mastermind group, I'm doing Lego, I'm like, yes, girl, <laughs> this is how we do, this is how we work, this is how we do life. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I would be painting, I would be drawing, and it was, I mean, it felt unsafe because it wasn't what I had been doing throughout my life like I said I was like busy girl all the time doing stuff and it does feel I want to acknowledge how unsafe it feels this is why we do the work on our nervous systems because we're not doing the inner work to really acknowledge the unsafety of it and to heal it um, and integrate these uh, these emotions and the other sensations what will often happen is we will self-sabotage we will literally create we will make our lives a living house so that we go back to what feels safe, right? So most people will go like, oh, I tried the ease thing, but it didn't work for me. My life fell apart. Well, you were trying the ease thing, but it has to be accompanied by the trauma and the wounds that are stopping uh, by uh, the healing and the integration of the trauma and the wounds that are stopping us from um, feeling safe, you know? resting because feeling like it it is quite normal especially for black women in particular growing up in households where most of us were told that oh a woman doesn't a girl doesn't sleep until 8 a.m or 10 a.m in the morning right you wake up at the crack of dawn so that you can start working and being indoctrinated into that there's so much trauma around that it's so subtle but we don't even realize until we start doing the work and unpacking what what happened in our nervous system and how that feels and how yeah. that then impacts our ability to just rest. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, it definitely. I'm glad you acknowledge that. Yeah, it can feel very unsafe. I mean, even being visible would feel so unsafe for me like I just wanted to hide all the time I mean if I even had like a speaking opportunity the amount of sweating I would go through it was like I just wanted to die so I just thought okay cool I'm just gonna avoid anything that has to do with visibility but I didn't think that it was like a 
trauma thing until I did wealthy money. I thought, ah, man, you know, I grew up as a shy child. That's what happens. It is what it is, you know. Not as shy as I, I used to be, but I was like, ah, you know, it's still there in my system. But actually, my visibility issues were linked to trauma. It just wasn't safe for me. Yeah. And the truth is that introvert being, it's okay to be an introvert. I say to yeah. people, I'm on the cusp. Actually, on all my Myers-Briggs tests, I'm 50-50 all the time, introvert and extrovert, right? And I've known that about myself for a very long time. I can do extrovert stuff, but then I need to be like in, I can also be indoors forever. Like I like to lie yeah. at my house. Like now I'll just con connect with you guys <laughs> via social media. I don't like to answer phone calls from people send me voice notes. I don't like to do the phone. I, I love being in person around people. So certain people I get energy from, but like I'm on that. And that doesn't mean that just because you're introvert doesn't mean that yeah. you not get to be uh, visible, right? I know so many introverts. Actually, one of my coaches was, uh, is an introvert. And one yeah. of my former coaches is an introvert, but does so much around, um, you know, just uh, visibility stuff, her own yeah. marketing, showing up for wow. YouTube videos, showing up for interviews, etc. It's not that these things are mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. True. I just thought, Ahmed, it's a personality trait, You're shy, an introvert, that's what it is, but actually there was more to it. Well, yeah, because now I know better. <laughs> Wow, this is so, so powerful. So have you seen an increase in your business uh, income? You've raised your prices. Did you lose clients? Because that's also the fear, like Vangile keeps talking about this pricing thing, we're going to lose clients. <laughs> yeah, it's happened. I mean, the projects I didn't get because I charged what I was charging. Yeah. And people were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we don't want to pay that much. And I was like, okay, cool, thank you. Maybe they thought I was, I mean, the old me would have been like, okay, cool, I can give it to you at this price. And oh, gosh, I just felt like maybe before I wanted people to just like me. So I just, you know, put them ahead of myself. And I was like, yeah, I'll do, I'll do this for you as long as the terms make sense to you. I mean, don't worry about me. So I was just so used to not putting myself oh. first. You know, I was just like doing nonsense. I imagine if I was, if I was, if I hadn't like started with wealthy money, I would have just continued, right? And I thought some things made sense because you always hear of people saying, well, as a creative saying, oh, being a creative doesn't pay. It's a lie, man. You can make good money as a creative. Like just stop with your limiting beliefs and with your trauma or whatever it is that you went through, yeah. like you actually can make good money. So I know now that not everything is worth my time, right? I want to be treated in a certain way. I want to be paid a certain amount of time of, of money. And, you know, if I don't get those things, I'm not interested because, you know, I was saying in another interview that if you pay me less, it doesn't mean that the quality of my work is going to go down. I'm still coming as myself with my level of experience, right? But you still want to pay me less. So it's fine. You must just get another writer to do this for you and just keep it moving. Just leave me in peace. So yeah. that's where I am now. Yeah. And um, have you been able to find a new type of client that will pay you what you want? Yeah. I mean, my fear was, ah, okay, cool. Maybe I must just like close shop and 
move on because who the hell is going to pay me, right? But like the people who are like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Um, job, let's do this thing, you know, send a contract, let's, let's start. And I'm like, what? I mean, just because certain people don't want to pay you, it doesn't mean that the whole world is going to treat you like that. So stick to your prices and yeah, don't settle. I mean, I was used to settling even when I was, even when I wanted something, let's say I wanted a certain handbag, I would talk myself out of it and just be like, I no, not this one. It's too expensive. Why would I buy something that's so expensive for myself, you know? And just like talk my way out and end up buying something a lot cheaper. But actually that behavior affects your entire life because you, you're just this girl that's like settling for everything. You think you deserve things that are a lot of a lot cheaper. You wanna, it's like cutting corners. You're like this damn cheap skate, right? You you want a discount for everything. I mean, if if the discount lifestyle is happening from a good place, that's fine, go for it. But if it's because of how you feel about yeah. yourself, what you think you deserve, ah, it's a problem. Yeah. Don't. I think, yeah. and also like, it's like I've always said, like I never want to be the kind of person that, how do you put it? Like the only word that comes up for me is in Zulu, like nizniche. You know, it's exactly. like I don't want to be the kind of person who is denies themselves because, oh, well, no. everything is so unaffordable for me. But like, and that for me has always been one of the things. It's like I never want to tell the universe or life that something is I cannot afford that for myself. For myself, you know, you know? who else am I going to be able to afford it for? If I can't afford it for myself, then. Hi, no, yeah. there's a problem. And that time, that time you do things so easily for other people, you know, mm. you go all out for them, you stretch yourself, they mm. they dump their emotions on you when they should actually be mm. going to a shrink and no one is paying you for that work, you know? You are there for all of them, you're carrying them, you're doing things for them, you are, mm. like you're, you're doing the most, but you're not doing that for yourself. So that's just one of the things that I had to realize about myself. Like I wasn't number one in my life other people were I was going all out so every time I did something really wonderful for myself I'd just be like yo should I be paying this amount of money should I exactly and then I would feel bad and I felt like I didn't deserve it like oh uh, no what a life hey jeez it's not okay hey nope it's like I think that we want to treat ourselves better and that's one of the things that I I love about my healing journey because I was that way as well until I started to have these realizations that no I can't like because if I'm asking life for something but everything even small things I keep telling life that I'm asking life for big things but I keep telling life that yeah. I can't coach I can't afford this uh course I can't afford this kind of address all that you know like I just end the conversation that I can't afford. I'll see it in another three or four years. I'm like, no, because yeah. I'm asking life for something bigger. I want life to meet me halfway and see that me, I believe that I am that girl that can, that actually yes. is of this, you know? Because yeah. I also think that it's not just about how we treat other people to teach us, uh, how we teach other people to treat us. It's also about how we teach life to treat us you know there's that there's this one poem about how I asked life for a hundred dollars and um life 
where I asked life for a penny and life gave me a penny. Whereas if I had asked life for more, life would have given me more, you know? So yeah, that's what um, I don't know. I can't remember what it says, but it's along those lines. So I've learned that for myself that I want to be consistent. If I say I'm really expanding and I'm asking for more, I don't want to close off that conversation with, I can't afford this. I want to sit down and go back and figure out how can I make it happen? How can I afford this? What do I need to do? What shifts do I need to work on internally, externally? Yeah. Like, Wise, I throw everything as my sister honey always says like I throw everything and the kitchen sink at it she's like I don't pause until I make a work you know she's like I try to figure out is this an emotional thing is it a mental thing is it this who can help me work through this emotional thing who can help me work through this mental thing who can help me with the practical yeah. thing and I'm like I actually do love that throw everything yeah. And I'm like, this is what I want. And like, exactly. needs to come to the party. It will just meet me halfway as it I'm will. doing the things, you know? Exactly. And also just getting to a point where I was like, I don't have many issues. It's just emotional issues, eh? Like, <laughs> that's what it was. Life was meeting me. Like, every time I showed up, it was meeting me and things were happening. I can't really say, oh, I didn't get in, in because I... Some things were are just like a timing, changing your mind or whatever, but like money shows up for me. It's, it's there. It does what it needs to do. It's just that even in everything, it was also hard for me to um, express my needs. So it would be hard for me to ask for things. So that's one of the things I've picked up about myself since like starting with wealthy money. And I've definitely gotten better at, you know, asking for help, asking for things and not feeling like, oh my gosh, the audacity girl, why are you even asking for that thing? Right. So, but also, I mean, I grew up in a home where, you know, if you asked, my mom would just get mad and my father would just always say no. So I just... So you never felt safe to ask. I know that feeling. So yeah, I didn't feel safe. I would always like be so scared. And I think, exactly. and it's so interesting that we talk about asking because, you know, like one of the things I learned as a business owner is that I cannot wait for people to ask me. I go out and make the ask. I go out to make the ask if I can collaborate with people, if I people want yeah. to listen to what I've got to say, like, come join my a podcast like I've learned to ask I had to learn to ask to get so much done and part of the asking was also being open to re being rejected I had to learn yeah. to be okay with people yeah. saying no in rejecting me so that yeah. has been such a journey as well yeah, because rejection was the mm. most terrifying thing to me I'm telling you <laughs> <laughs> It was just traumatic. Like if you said no to me, yeah, my life would just crumble. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's just yeah, it's one of the things I've, I've realized. I think I attached it to my self worth. So if you were like, no, I'm not interested, I would feel like, oh my gosh, this makes me less of a person. But it's got nothing to do with it. When people say no, it's it's because of whatever it is that they're feeling and believing. And it, it often has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's been a big lesson. I mean, mm -hmm. imagine just going through life, just being afraid of that. 
Yeah, I'm glad I'm healing. So <laughs> how many things do we not go after because we're so scared to be vulnerable and we're so trapped by the trauma of having asked mm-hmm. and the reaction of our caregivers, so our parents and our guardians, when we did ask and our inner child is running the show because to ask is to risk rejection or my favorite is to ask is to look like you don't have, you're a beggar, etc. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. I honestly, I feel like being an entrepreneur taught me that if you don't ask, you really don't get. I had to learn to not wait for clients to find me, to go out and ask clients, to go out and invite people, to go out and do all sorts of things. And sometimes I'm like, you know, asking clients for like, I'm inviting you and then I'm asking you to be like, hey, this may be a thing even for corporates to be like, and this is how much you're going to pay me for this project, you know, like go and ask because you never know. But for me to get there, I remember like, oh my God, I used to freak out and bite my nails and get stressed. You're even like wanting to do something with someone and collaborate with them and be like, I really love their energy. I want to do something business-wise with them. I'd be like, they're going to say no. And then I would never ask and I would miss the opportunity. Yeah. So So you miss out on a lot. Yeah. You miss out on so much and it really affects um, our ability, our expansion right? It slows us down in terms of expansion, but it also just stops us full stop from expanding. And we've had this conversation before in the mastermind, how that's also why most of us have a hard time going out and being visible in communities that we don't know. So in um, communities from other countries, in with people that we don't know. So what often happens with entrepreneurs Um, when we're struggling with visibility and the fear of rejection, we then just insist on marketing to only the people that we know. And sometimes the people that we know are not our ideal clients. They just like, and then we get upset because why are they not buying from us? Meanwhile, it's because we're not talking to our real people. And the world is big. Yeah. That we're busy with. Yeah. It's intense. But also expansion felt terrifying to me because I was scared of losing the people I love, you know, people just suddenly not being interested in being around you because now you're living a different life and you're doing different things. So it's kind of like what they say when they say, oh, it's lonely at the top. So you're expanding, 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 but you don't really have anyone to enjoy these things with you because it's like you don't speak the same language as your old peeps, right? I'm not saying you're gonna lose everyone, but some people will fall off, right? And also and thinking also, of how- You also gain some people, right? Yeah, like, you do. You gain more people, more awesome people, which is great, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it also links back to trauma and just realizing that, I mean, I had seen some people expand. I saw how they were abused and how terrible it was for them. It's like they ended up, being vilified and oh gosh crazy and also realizing the other thing that I wanted to mention is that the thing about trauma is you know sometimes well a lot of the time for me it's just seeing that I was actually stuck in a certain period of my life right maybe something happened to me when I was 10 I wasn't able to fully process that and every time something that triggers me 
happens, it, it takes me back to the 10 year old self, right? And I behave like that. And it's just been so important for me to like work on healing my inner child and not allowing her to go crazy because like she deserves to heal and like be happy and enjoy her life. Like I can't mm-hmm. keep living. Yeah, I can't li- keep living from the position of a 10 year old or like a nine year old or whatever, 15 year old or whatever happened to me. It doesn't make sense, right? So it's important for me to just like keep being brave and working through all these traumas. I mean, I'm not saying that it's, it's the easiest thing ever. It's a lot. So, yeah. No, it is. I'm so glad that you're sharing that because it is a lot and can feel like a lot. So um, I'm really interested. What are the three lessons or meditations in the course that you feel have made an impact on you and your relationship with money? So we're talking a lot about the inner work and referencing the course, but what are some of the things that are just like, wow, this really shifted my perspective and started to change the game for me? Um, like the spirit of money exercises, you know, meeting your money spirit and seeing them in different ways. And it's just incredible. And yeah, there's just something incredible, incredible about it because, you know, like you said, like money is just like any other relationship right money should be like your lover that's the kind of wonderful relationship that you should have with money you should like enjoy yourself be kind to each other respect each other you know if you were dating money right now and you're looking at the way that you treat money right now do you think that would be a thriving relationship or would you guys just like have to just break up because you guys because you're toxic (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like Yeah, I I love that. Like that was one of my genius things about like, oh, if money was a lover, it really helped me change that. And like, I don't know, honestly, I I won't take credit for the spirit of money worth because it's again, one of those things like when your ancestors come through and they like, oh, this is how you're going to do the meditations, my ancestors and guides. Because me as me, like sometimes I look at the course and I'm like, yeah. I honestly do not know how I came up with half the stuff, like half the incredible, it's life changing. Like I yeah. have no clue, you guys, because they're not on the internet. You're not gonna find no, them. No, it's, it's not. They just not anywhere else. And I'm just like, I literally have been just. I'll just be sitting and minding my own business. <laughs> I'll just be like, this is Thank it. You. I'll hop on a live, and I'll be like, I think we need to do something like this. Yeah, sure. <laughs> So yeah, it's been an interesting journey. So I I truly believe also this is why I'm never shocked when people are like, oh, my ancestors told me to do this, because I know me and I know what goes on in my brain. And then when yeah. those things drop in, I'm like, wow, that was so far out of what I would ever like me as me have just yeah. been, would have yeah. even approached this or thought about this. But it's been such a fascinating journey. Okay, yeah. so and the other two? Um, you know, some issues are beyond you. They have been in your lineage for many years. And maybe you're the one that needs to be like, yeah. time out. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of this shit. So <laughs> just being able to tap into the stories of my ancestors and 
you know, see how things were done, what happened, why did we behave like this? Did something happen to us? Um, how did my ancestors make money before, right? I mean, my ancestors were into business, they worked for themselves, they did things, they were successful. And just being able to try to bring that into this now age, you know, so that you can do more of that. I mean, I would love to get to a point where I'm working on getting to a point where I'm no longer like working a nine to five. I want to go into business fully. And it's been very affirming for me to know that actually being business is it's a thing that my people did, right? And knowing that, you know, I have a, I have like their wise counsel and they help me whenever I'm stuck, like whenever I need to bounce off ideas, they give me their tips they tell me stuff like you know like do you you can give you blind eye or whatever I don't remember the mm. word yeah things like so it's wonderful it feels a lot less um doesn't feel like I'm actually alone before I used to feel like oh my gosh I'm doing this alone it's gonna help me I do that but actually I don't feel alone right so actually I give you two two and three well points for number two and number three so yeah it's wonderful just like being able to tap into ancestral history and it's also wonderful to realize yeah, it is, hey? yeah like also just that what you've just said about ancestral history and understanding your ancestral history around money like yeah. your ancestors coming through and telling you like what would be easier for your bloodline exactly. like what for would me. make building a business easier for me you know that's how i started the outsourcing and the delegating and the ease because my ancestors were like we're people that for like in recent yeah in the last three generations people have had to do their own hard work last four generations but we're actually a people that outsource things Sis, like, exactly. this is how we operate as a people. This is how, this is your greatest strength. Yo, I felt like they had just given me a superpower when they gave, when they told me that. Because yeah. I was just like, hello, like intra QEs. Cause they were just like, yeah, we, we like ease. When I started yeah. operating from that, it was like, my ancestors started to understand what I was trying to do with my life. <laughs> then they started coming to the party because I think before when I was going like all like super woman, you know, trying to do the most and everything, I think they were also so confused as to yeah. Why. Yeah, it's confusing. Like, where do we fit in? What do we do? This is a language we don't understand. And when I started working from a language that they understood, they could come to the party and like you said, give advices in the meditation. Yeah. And I was like, hey, well, where have these people been all the time? Like, they were there. You were not talking to them. <laughs> you were not asking the right questions. <laughs> like you're operating in a way that they just like, and now like, we don't understand this. Like, wh what is she doing? Because the time is me, but that wisdom that they have is still there. You know, it's there. it will never expire. It won't expire because some of the core things, like I'm like really outsourcing and delegating is a lot of like human understanding, understanding human yeah. beings, understanding their strengths, understanding your strengths, understanding how far you can go, understanding 
if you've got the time, understanding what your challenges are towards delegating and your wounds around that. And your ancestors can help with that. They like- They can help you. We've seen you go through this, but you see this thing of you not being able to give up control. This is how it holds you back. And you know, it starts from here. Yeah. How? So I can go heal there. Thank you guys. That is yeah. where I need to start the healing so that I can just let other people do things for me so I can have do other things in the businesses, other things exactly. get done. And even just other things in your personal life, prioritizing joy, mm. pleasure, doing the things you love. Amen. Like your ancestors, I'm sure your ancestors don't want you to be this workhorse that's like working 24-7. Ah, that's crazy. For what? <laughs> Exactly. Just for what? So <laughs> I am so glad that we're having this conversation. This conversation is it's goals. Love, love it. Okay. So um, um, my next question is to actually ask this question because I'm doing this for the Money Magic students. So guys okay, who are cool. looking in and that you're not Money Magic students, don't worry about it. The, co the mastermind is only open to the Money Magic students anyway. So what do you think is the difference between the mastermind and uh, the Money Magic course? I think um, the Money Magic course, right? That's like your foundation stuff. And I'm glad I, that's where I started because you know, the mastermind would have just like confused me. Probably would have <laughs> run away. <laughs> I mean, like, what the hell's going on? Like, this people, on, yeah. <laughs> if you land in the mastermind, you've never done the money magic course. You definitely think that these people are going to lead you down to brokenness and bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I would have been very terrified. And I mean, just some of the conversations we have, it's like they have normalized a lot of stuff for me. Yeah. Casual about talking about big things like it's so normal right yeah. I think if I hadn't started with the you know money magic course I would have just like freaked out but also the nice thing about being part of wealthy money is you know you're in this group and people talk about that deep stuff and it's such a it's a safe place like you were able to like build a safe place online which i think is incredible i've never been in a situation where someone took a screenshot of what i said and posted it on twitter or something stupid like and that i've never been in that situation please guys like yeah. you know, like i'm not even joking when i say this i do a lot of work where like i call in my ancestors and i ask them i literally give them the job i'm like take turns 24 7 just like keeping the space safe and if yeah. someone's not supposed to be in the space let me know I have like some really wild stories of like how certain people wanted to sign up for the course and I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be told I'll have to message them and tell them I don't know why but I don't think you're a good fit for the course you can do yeah. that sometimes, but for whatever reason my ancestors are refusing that they want yours uh, they are not okay with you being in this course so it's maybe for yeah. both of us I'm not a good fit for you or you're not a good fit for this so because uh, like everyone's like how did you get these kinds of people into the course I'm like I didn't like I, like yeah. I don't do much of anything I just show up as me and I I'm such a firm believer that 
so much of what happens in this course is at least in the Facebook group, it's just not even my stuff, you know, it's not even me. It's something so much more magical that is being co-created by all of us, by the way. Yeah. I am a firm believer of that because I also don't think it's just me, right? I am yeah. just my ancestors. I see like how you guys are like, oh, my ancestors will, how some people, not everyone, but some people will be like, my ancestors told me to join this course. And I'm like, well, clearly they're going to be doing a lot of God's work in making sure that you yeah. are as well. Like, yeah. So it doesn't fall on me. So I, yeah, that space is quite sacred. It is it quite is. beautiful. Yeah, I love it. And also realizing that I'd actually, yeah, for most of my life, I didn't feel safe, right? So someone with someone like me who had a lot of trust issues to actually go into that group and open up myself and say oh my gosh this is what happened this is what I saw in the meditation it was like a big step and just knowing that people are not gonna you know say stupid things to you and trigger you no they just like they send love they're, they're usually they're always very positive and encouraging and very supportive and I think that's a it's like one of the most amazing things for me. I mean, even when great things happen to people, like someone posting to say, oh, I just finished paying, I don't know, 1.5 million rands worth of debt. We're also happy for so that I person. $120,000 in debt. <laughs> you know, like we're all so happy for each other. No one's going to be like, oh, wait, Nana, you know, in that sarcastic right? way. No, because, you know, those comments can really just like, pull you apart and you feel like you can't say certain things to certain people that's why when you expand um it's important for you to be in a safe space because you don't want to be dealing with people who are just saying oh new car Ooh, must be nice eh? you know in that like i don't understand it when people say that to each other and the thing is that we say that to each other we live in communities that say that to each other yeah, and people it, say that to you. it doesn't seem like that would be a traumatic experience but now that we've done the work, we realize that that's one yeah. of those things that's a subtle trauma because we're picking up on the tone and everything. And then oh, the we try to correct so that we can get validation. But yeah. and I, what you've said is how things are normalized, right? Yeah, I normalized like nonsense. Even for me, being in a community where I never ever felt safe being in a space where I could say like, oh, this is how much my business made this month, you know, because yeah. I'd always, I was always scared that if I said that, then people will stop paying, uh, clients will stop showing up because they'll be like, oh no, Van's got more than enough money. Like, oh, we can yes, just- Yes, doesn't need the money. Oh, Van, you think you're you better know? than us. I was always scared to say that. And then like, just being in my own- <laughs> course in my own group where I'm openly sharing that openly sharing that in the mastermind and it's just a thing you know and everybody's sharing what they're doing and it's wonderful. about numbers it's just like we've normalized things and I noticed that because it's so normalized and my regular my nervous system feels so regulated I even share these things now in my family WhatsApp group. I just go around dumping these things in my family's faces. And yeah, I think it's, it's because it's so normalized and with the normalization, it becomes easier to set boundaries. Yeah. It also, it's also like I realized that safety, and that's when I started realizing as we did this work that 
actually I never felt safe in my family group to put that up yeah. because you know oh what if now this becomes it brings up issues around black tags and all this stuff and then I started realizing that safety is also a thing that I can build within myself that I can work on within myself and I can also set boundaries and not be scared to say yes or no or whatever and it's just so interesting that once you get to that point it's it's fascinating to me because then it becomes less, um, you're not required to set the boundaries as much because they're just there energetically. Yeah, they're there. You know, it's just a thing. I think that that's one of the greatest fears that we also have, right? Is like openly yeah. sharing prices. <laughs> I remember when I was like, oh, you guys should share your prices openly. <laughs> and I, people were like, <laughs> so that people disqualify and qualify themselves with ease you know so that you don't have to worry and stress and people can easily qualify and disqualify themselves and I think that is so it's also such an um, empowering thing when we realize that it is normal in the space that we're in it becomes normalized that this is how we operate, right? We don't yeah. have to run and hide and make money this dark, dark secret that we have to keep from everybody else yeah. because we're so scared. And this again is not to say, guys, go around and tell everybody your financial self. No, that's not what we're talking about because that also we do live in the world that we live in, but that having communities where it's no longer scary it makes it easier for us to then share pricing to yeah. share things with our clients the people that actually need that information to make decisions yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah Ooh, okay so my second last question to you is how like most people feel like doing the inner work they could do it on their own they could just watch um, wealthy money live classes they could read wealthy money blog posts just like you and that would be that would bring about a shift what would you say to those people sure that's like like light stuff <laughs> you actually need to go deep deep within to actually get that stuff done you can't just be liking a post that then up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Reading a blog isn't, I mean, that is surface stuff. You need to be completely in it. You need to, it's also nice to have other people who are doing the same thing as you because you hold each other accountable yeah. and you're able to go further, I would say. But the other thing I wanted to say about the mastermind is that one of the things I've realized, I think I've we've been in it for like six weeks, right? So the stuff that I have managed to do in those six weeks, if I was doing everything on my own outside of a mastermind with no background, I feel like it would have taken me, I don't know, a year, five years, 10 years to actually accelerate and yeah. achieve those things, right? Because like, you know, the other people in there, we're holding space for each other. I thought some things were just beyond me and difficult, mm -hmm. right? So I would be scared to like move ahead, but like, it's like a lot of stuff gets unblocked in those mastermind classes and it's just incredible because I'm just like it's been six weeks of this but like I've done so much so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really glad I'm in the mastermind and yeah. yeah back to wealthy money 
it's important to actually get in there and do the work. I mean, that lessons for you. It's like a program that sets out for you. I mean, you find where you want to start, but it's a lot more than, it's actually got nothing to do with like spreadsheets and this and that. I mean, initially I thought, I thought we were going to be budgeting. I thought you were going to be holding me accountable and making sure that I didn't buy too many clothes every month, that kind of stuff. You know what I'm like, have you bought that handbag? The handbag that your ancestors are saying you should get. Like, seriously, guys, this is me. Like, I'll be like, I know you say it's worth X amount, but have you gone and bought it? Like, exactly. So it's deeper than that, hey? It's like being raised again. It makes me think of this whole, it takes a village to raise a child. You know, you have your ancestors doing this healing work with you and you have other people witnessing that and their ancestors are also in the space. So it's like a whole lot of shifts that are happening for you. So it's wonderful. It's like great use of your money. Yeah. You know, I love what you've said because I feel like, we live in a world where we've been taught that healing is an individual thing. And often that first I will heal, then I will show up and I'll be this perfect person. And that's what's gonna happen, right? And then we realize that actually healing is yes, individual, but mainly collective. And that yeah. you don't arrive, you know? You're having your breakthroughs as you are busy yeah. on you're finding your joy as you are busy on your healing journey. So it's yeah. not that there's an arrival point and that like it's this individual thing and that actually doing it within the collective happens so much quicker. You it know? does. It's Very just fast. like what you've said about the mastermind and doing things in six weeks that you would have done in a year or five years. Yeah. So true because there are things like there are resources in the mastermind that I can share that everyone else can share that you wouldn't even know that no. there are people that do that for a living. I know there's so many times when we're like, someone can, there's actually someone that you can hire that can do that for you. Exactly. I just, you know, like there's all these things that you don't even know you need, but then you, you yeah. realize in the mastermind you need to do. And then you quickly find out that you don't even need to do it. You just need to know that it needs to get done and that there are people that can refer you to other people that will get that done and make your life so much easier. And for yeah. me, that is so, so powerful. You know, it that's is. where the shifts come from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, ah, my last question is, do you have a morning routine or something? When do you get time to do the inner work? I get asked that all the time. <laughs> Someone actually, yeah, my, my cousin who's also uh, doing the money magic work was asking me, what is my routine? When is the best time to do the work? I'm like, I don't have a best time. Like it changes right now. Now that I'm in South Africa, it's evenings. It's right before bed. Like in Sri yeah. Lanka, during the day, I mean, it's lovely to wake up, see the ocean, you know, <laughs> do yeah. stuff so, like I could do things on my balcony, but I don't have that option now. So it's like. What am I rushing for outside to go sit outside and do the work? So do you yeah. have a routine of how, when you get the work done? So again, my ancestors, like when I joined your course last year, they were like, you're going to have to commit to doing the work five or six times a week. So that was a standard for me. On a week where I was really tired, I'd do five, like wake up in the morning, um, 
Okay, usually when I wake up, I pray, Japasa, and then I do a meditation. And then usually the meditation has like questions, mm. right? To help you process everything, whatever. So I do that. And then I would do a journal entry. So that was like literally my routine for most of last year. I would either do that. Well, if I woke up late, then I would do the meditations like later on in the day. And yeah, I'm really glad that the mastermind has the the wealthy money course as a foundation because now it's like I'm like trying to find a way of doing the work daily, right? Because after each class that we have in the master mastermind, there's usually stuff that you need to implement, right? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so um, you know, so I still do the whole meditation journal, but there's other stuff that we're doing, writing letters to money. Well, it's something that you do in you know wealthy money, well in the course. But like there's more stuff to it. So I, I have to make sure that daily I'm actually doing something because I don't want to get to a point where I feel like I've squandered my time, right? So I want to get the most out of this. And it's part of me showing up for myself. So yeah. Yeah, you just start to try to do something. I like, if I get an hour in of any type of work that we do in the course in particular, in the Money Magic course, I'm yeah. there. You know, yeah. and then like maybe just 30 minutes of journaling, um, then I'm super, super good. I don't, and again, like I feel like five times a week is always good for me. I won't lie, I do about four times most weeks. Um, yeah. and then like fifth time is a bonus. And then like I like to have two days where I do nothing and integrate because this work is also just like processing a lot, like you know, yeah. like you, you let it marinate. And like, you know, then your ancestors need to show up on those two days when you're resting and just tell you their version of things because Libana, they like to over explain themselves. I guess they also want to explain how it's going on their end. As they I love do- explanations. <laughs> they doing their stuff as to who, you know, so. Anyway, guys, not every, and I think I want to explain this, that obviously Fabi is a Sangoma, so like her relationship to her ancestors is just on another level. So we have quite a few people in the Money Magic course who have spiritual gifts, so they have their relationship to their ancestors and everything is going to be so much more elevated, and then we've got people that have never had that relationship, and that is okay. They starting it, they building it over time, and it gets better. So there are people like Pabi, like myself, or like my sister, who will come in, already have that relationship. It's ground solid. And then there are people that are building it, and it gets better. So don't get freaked out. Yeah. Of I don't even know one ancestor. That's okay. There are many that are like that. And then yeah. they right but what you need to know is that as your ancestors are healing they get really excited and they will start coming through because they also want to deep breathe they also feeling their feels just like you feel your feels and you go and you kneel down and you talk to them and you tell them your feels they also like yo we need to deep breathe as well can we and that relationship then becomes I'm loving it. I really, really love it. It becomes so rock solid because it's like, it like you said, Fabi, it's then you start to realize I'm just not alone on this journey. I have support. I can ask for things, you know? Yeah. I can actually, even just on any given day and just be like, ancestors, y'all know what to do. Come through. This is what I need. Or give me the wisdom for this. 
life just becomes so beautiful and it does. easy and also just that knowing of who you are as a person mm. you know yeah that is just incredible just that yes. self-knowledge things that like I keep thinking to myself I feel like I should have known the kind of business personality I am but I had to somehow learn it in the meditations and through my ancestors yeah. like how could I not have known but then I think the the truth is that trauma blinds us to ourselves. It does. When you're in survival mode, you're in survival mode. You know what I'm saying? You're, oh, that's your you're life, trying eh? to survive. You're not trying to figure out, hey, what would be the easiest and best way for me to A, manage this, grow this business, et cetera, et cetera. You know? like, you're not about that. You're like, I just want to make money, any kind of money in any way, anyway. Yeah, and you're over the show. Yeah, you're just all over the show. But like once you get to know yourself and know your bloodline and from who you come from, you know, not just where you come from, but who yeah. you come from. Yeah. yeah. Start to it's a game changer. Yeah. I think also, like, yeah. self-awareness, right? Yeah. And I was also saying that for me, just realizing that all along, I was the one standing in my own way. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way as well. You know, uh, I've been for myself lately because I realized yeah. how deeply unsafe visibility felt for me. Yes. Deep visibility and how deeply unsafe moving beyond how deeply unsafe it felt to move beyond my money set point. So even if, like, I can see how every part of me wanted the expansion, but like the unsafe parts of me were like, we need to just hold back, you know? Like we need to keep safe. So just you, that love, like I'm feeling it for, for myself. So yeah, I know. I know what that feels like. Oh, yeah. Bobby, this has been incredible. And I hope that people have gotten so much from this conversation. I hope so, yeah. Uh, I always receive so many emails from people and messages about the Money Magic podcast. This is why it became a podcast. Because remember when I started, I was like, I'm going to do 10 interviews. And then like, now it's just like, A, I enjoy this. Be people enjoying it so like I received email, I received messages when I took a break to say uh when is the series coming back my Saturdays were spent listening to this on yeah, my I would wait for an episode my Fridays to work on my Monday mornings I would just tune into the series and now you're like no longer doing it I was like wow you should never get people used to things hey I've realized this I mean, you dropped an episode on a certain day, so I knew, so I'd always be like, oh my gosh, I'm looking forward to this week, like, <laughs> and then you stopped, damn, so yeah, I'm glad you're back. I was stopping and coming up with a strategy so that it could be yeah. consistent now. So yeah. how do people get hold of you, Fabi, and what do you do for people? Please tell us what services you offer and how they can get hold of you for these services as well, or just to talk. You know? Okay. So I don't have a website. I'll, I'll have one probably like in the next few months. Number one, I'm a Sangoma. Um, number two, I'm a writer. I write different things. I'm an author. 
you know, I can write articles, um, books. Um, the other thing I do is property investment, but I don't really advertise that. And yeah, what else Are do I do? Open for col to collaborations with them? Yeah, I am. I'm open for collaborations and investments and whatever, whatever's yeah. good. So yeah, I'm open to that. <laughs> so yeah, how do you get hold of me? Um, try social media. My surname is Rampa. So my email address is Rampa Babalo. So R-A-M-P-A-P-A-B-A-L-L-O at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is at Bobby Rams. That's at P-A-B-I. R-A-M-P-S. That's my oh, handle on Twitter. Oh, where can they find you? Before on Instagram. Instagram, Pabi Rams. Yeah, same with Twitter. I have the same handle. And then Facebook, I have my full name there, Babalo Rampa. So yeah, that's how you get hold of me. Ah, love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Fabi. This has been Thank you. Fun. This was fun. Yeah. This is so much fun, hey? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Money Magicians, thank you for joining us again. Thank you so much for sit, sitting with us, staying with us, watching until the end, listening until the end. If you really enjoyed this, please go leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Leave us comments and reviews on iTunes, right? Leave us comments on Podbean. Again, just type in Money Magic Podcast. And if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, the Money Magic course sounds like a course for me and I want to be part of this course, please go and uh, you can sign up for the course or get on the waiting list for the course. If you're, wait if you're listening to this and um, the course isn't open for registration, you can go to wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. If the course is not open for registration on that page, it will tell you to get on the, uh, on the waiting list. If it is open for registration, it will invite you to uh, sign up for the course. You'll be able to sign up. So again, that is wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic, all one word, money magic, right? And you can also just go to wealthy-money.com forward slash academy to see any of the other wealthy money courses. So this has been so fantastic. Thank you for hanging out with us and for just listening to this podcast. I can't wait to hear your feedback, your comments on YouTube um, and your comments on Podbean and your reviews on iTunes. Have a fantastic weekend or day or what, whenever you're listening to this, right? Have a fantastic day further. Um, I'll see you guys next week. Cheerio! I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you find this podcast helpful and enlightening, please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on iTunes or leave a comment on YouTube. And of course, share it with your family and friends. I would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast which would really make my day also 
As a bonus, if you're interested in changing your spending habits, I have a complimentary ebook for you. You can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast. Oh,